Welcome to Lift and Love Conversations, where we're building a supportive culture around LGBTQ families in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I'm Allison Dayton from Lift and Love, and I will show you how to lean into your spiritual discomfort to deepen and grow your testimony of Jesus Christ. And I am Jenny Hunter of Jenny Hunter Coaching. I will help you identify obstacles that could get in the way of sustaining healthy relationships and realizing the blessings of being an LGBTQ family. Each week, we will bring you lessons we've learned through our own lives, the experiences of families we've worked with, and conversations with amazing experts. Hello, our Lift and Love community. We're so excited to be here with you today, Allison and I, and we have a special guest with us. The beautiful Becky Edwards is with us today, teaching us some of her amazing tools that she has created for, oh gosh, is it, you created it before you became LGBTQ mom, but really it's just for tools to make us, help us get closer to Heavenly Father, right? Yep, that's right. Absolutely. And Beck, we all have kind of met along our journey. In fact, I wish we could have recorded the prayer that Jen, that Becky gave before we started. So beautiful. She said the most beautiful thing about when our lives turned upside down. I know it makes me emotional again and how we've grown from that. And boy, is that not the truth? How, how um, trying to fit all of the pieces, you know, the puzzle got dumped on the floor and now we're working it back together. And we know that the, the picture is beautiful and incorporates all of our family and every experience with our families, um, the good, the bad, the unexpected, the upside down. And here we are. <laughs> and for right. and I, you're trying to do the puzzle upside down. Yeah. <laughs> like you only see the brown parts. <laughs> but, and I don't, I would say our common denominator is not that we all each have a gay son. It's that we all would not change it or go back. Like the yeah. change that it happened in, I mean, all three of us, our faiths, like, it's unrecognizable before we knew our sons were gay. Like the changes it's impact on us. Right. Yeah. In fact, my gay son told me the other day, yeah, you both watched the movie Charlotte's web, how she talks about her magnum opus at the end of the show or in the book. And right. he said, mom, I figured out what my magnum opus is. And I, I don't know what I expected him to say, but what he said just made me laugh for about five minutes. He said, it's you. <laughs> oh, that's so beautiful. Because oh. I mean, I was, the most in the box orthodox and I and I still love the gospel with my whole heart but yeah. I just I just was more like uh I just kind of thought in with blinders on I saw the world with blinders on and I missed so much and and I was a seminary teacher and an institute teacher and just so uh I just didn't see the pain of these marginalized groups and now he said mom now I made you into a San Francisco rainbow mom <laughs> And I thought, awesome. That's a great compliment. I love it. I know. <laughs> you know, that is so, it's so in line with that. What I had this crazy experience a couple of years ago where I just realized that the, what the spirit just said that the Lord has sent these LGBTQ spirits to teach us. Absolutely. I mean, maybe that is your son's magnum opus, right? And maybe it's the Lord's. Yeah. I love how much I've transformed. I, I like myself better now. I'm that I feel closer to my heavenly parents and the savior personal revelation is so central. Like I, I love that. I see people on the margins. I'm not afraid of seeing their pain and doing everything I can to help. I, I just, I just feel like I'm a better person all around, even though it's been a painful journey to get there. Oh yeah. Sure. Yeah. 
So Becky, you're, let's talk about your journey. You started, uh, did the journaling or the coaching come first? Tell us, tell us kind of how you sort of have evolved. Oh, sure. Yeah. So I am uh, a faith-based uh, author, speaker, and mentor coach, uh, purpose-driven mentoring. And I uh, at first knew that I was called to be a coach, but I didn't really know what my niche would be. Uh, and that evolved into uh, number one, personal revelation. I'm, I'm just, I think it's that seminary and institute background that mm -hmm. I just speak in gospel ease. It's my sweet spot. It's where I feel really at home. Everything is connected to God to me. And, and personal revelation has been a huge part of my life. Um, ever since I was at BYU, actually, um, a long, long time ago. <laughs> and, and I have really done my best to guide my life by that. And I've taught that to my children as well. It's been really a big priority in my parenting, uh, and in my, everywhere I teach, uh, it's been a big part. And then also uh, divine life mission has been another niche within my coaching business. I personally believe that we have been given divine assignments before we came to earth. And not only were we given those assignments, we were given training for them. Uh, President Nelson talks about that. And, and that we sometimes think, oh, I'm not, I'm not doing much good, but our, our divine assignments can be so different than other people. Sometimes our divine assignment looks like supporting someone else in, in a way that nobody else could, or helping someone to find healing, or writing something, or having a message to share some other way, or whatever it is. Uh, you know, some people are called to create an orphanage in Uganda. Some people are, are feel called to take care of their aging parents. Like it can be whatever that is for your for the stage that you're in. In, in my coaching programs and with my personal clients, I help them figure out through personal revelation on their own. I, I'm not here to tell them what they're called to do. That's between <laughs> them and God. But then I help them move, help, you know, teach faith-based tools to move the obstacles out of the way so they can move forward more efficiently in that path, whatever they feel called to do. Mm, that's beautiful. And so oh, helpful. I asked. That is really cool. Really. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, doesn't, doesn't this feel like a divine life mission? What we are. It does. Yeah. And I, I remember after my son came out publicly, one of my dearest friends from St. George was up for, for the day and she came by for lunch and we were eating. We love, we're both kind of weird food eaters. So we were eating these sprout salads with all these, you know, sauerkraut and probiotic dressing. And, and I thought, I don't, I'm ready to tell my first person that my son is gay. You know, I, I, I hadn't felt at liberty to tell until he came out in public. And I remember telling her, and she's actually works with me as a coach in my, in my group coaching programs. And, and she said, uh, and she's reminded me many times since then, Becky, remember the day we were sitting at your kitchen table and you said to me, I don't want this to become my mission. I, I want to just keep doing mm -hmm. what I'm doing. I don't want to move lanes. <laughs> right. Well, I, I and I have I keep doing the other work too, but it sure has expanded. Yeah. Uh, and I feel so called here. And I know both of you do too. And many of us do. And I I just love that this is a collaborative space. It's not a competitive space. There is so much need. There's so much pain in this community. And the more voices that can that who can listen and who can speak up for and defend and love our LGBTQ siblings in radically inclusive healing ways, the better. 
Yep. There's a lot of work to do. There's plenty of work. There's plenty of work and yeah. there's such, such different personalities and we all need, we're all needed, right? Everybody's. Yeah. Absolutely. And I love that we all kind of look at this as um, a calling, right? And if we're like, you know, what one of our things is embrace the calling, like to be called as a mother of an LGBTQ child is a beautiful thing. And at first that does not seem that way, right? It thinks like actually something has gone wrong, but the Lord has tutored all of us that like, just like you said, Becky, we have been given the tools and the um, skills and the gifts to do exactly what we need to do to help our children here. Yeah. And and if we haven't discovered those tools and skills and gifts, the Lord can help us find them through each other, through, through reading, through other coaching, through, you know, what there are many, that's that's what we're, we're here to help with. Right. Right. But I think that's the beautiful part of it is that like, we know ourselves better through this process. We didn't know, like there's still gifts we haven't discovered each one of us. And that's why it's so beautiful is that through this, it, um, kind of like, optimize our, our ability to find these gifts and tools because we had to we had to become a higher self um a higher mother to be a mother from our, our higher self and a different relationship with god and so uh, it's just that that's so grateful for that opportunity that this higher learning that it's given us yeah so yeah. true and i i feel like part of the transformation for me and, and maybe both of you can relate to this too is i honor agency better than i ever have in my life yes way better. I, I trust my heavenly parents with my children more than I ever have in my life. And there's, there's been a transformation in how I see myself because of, of the personal revelation I've received about my son and God's LGBT, heavenly parents, LGBTQ children in that I feel, I have the, I know I don't feel at all, but I feel a little bit of the love that our heavenly parents have for their LGBTQ children who you know, many of them have to step off the path in terms of what is an easy path for me. It's easy for me to keep my covenants, to get married in the temple, to have a family, to be in this church that I've loved my whole life. So many of our LGBTQ siblings, children, they don't, it's not sustainable for them mentally, and they don't see a plan of happiness, many of them in in this particular path. Uh, And so, so many of them step away, the vast majority do. And as I've received so many confirmations of God's approval and that they're fine. Our heavenly parents are okay with that. They get what they're, what, what's going on. They get that their mental health must be a priority and that, that they want them to be happy in this life. Those kinds of messaging. I have been able to love myself bigger too, as well as love others bigger. I feel less of a a need to hustle for my worth and value. And that's something I have been unpacking for years as a, as a coach. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And as an LDS woman, right. LDS woman, we don't give ourselves grace much. And I love when you said the beginning, like, I like myself better. That has been a gift from this is like liking, because when you like yourself better, you like people better. Right. And so all of that, like, like you said, and I love the thing of like, like, we have this vision of this path. And I think because of the beautiful dream that Nephi and Lehi said, saw, right? But really the Lord is on all of our paths. It's just, there's many ways coming to Christ, right? Like, so we, some of our children might leave the church, but God's never going to leave our children. He's always going to be with them on their path. You know? Yes. I have received that witness over and over and over. In fact, I want to just um, throw in a little piece of advice that my son received soon after coming out. Uh, from George Doyson, whose son did die by suicide. And, um, and um, he said, 
Hiram, I have one piece of advice for you. He said, our church has no monopoly on your relationship with God. And God to me always includes Heavenly Father and Heavenly Mother. That's what I always think of when I think of God. And my son really is close to Heavenly Mother. So that's really important to him. Your relationship with God or Jesus Christ or personal revelation. And my son, that that was such a profound message. And, and my son has recently said, I kind of already knew that, Mom. But for me, I it was just so so profound to hear George say that because of what he had been through and how important that message, he knew that message was so important for all of these newly out uh, young people that they need to know God is with them wherever their path leads. Beautiful. So good. Our, my son's therapist said once to him, you know, Jesus wasn't a Mormon. <laughs> and it's the, the same, like we're trying to, we're trying to understand his gospel and trying to live it here and teach it here, but it's not the other way around, right? <laughs> and there's a lot of ways to the, to that end. And um, I, I'm a kind of a firm believer that sometimes the path takes them away on purpose, right? Because there's things to learn on different paths. There is wisdom in, on all the paths and um, it's more the connection there that's the important part that they stay connected and they listen, like you said yeah. about personal revelation. Yeah, and so I'm I'm so grateful that our I know my son, my son's 19. I know both of yours are a little bit older, but not old. Like like when I hear the 30 somethings and the 40 somethings and 50 somethings that they were raised to believe if you do this recipe, you will change from gay to straight. And then, right. then they, they do all the recipe to a scrupulously perfectionistic level, many of them, which is right. really harmful mentally. Then they feel not only betrayed by the church and leaders, but also by God. Yeah. And that is devastatingly sad to me personally, when I, because God is everything to me. I love my heavenly parents. I don't have big enough words to describe how much it means to me that they're in my life. And and when I see that these these precious souls are so wounded by that that um, the the trauma and the betrayal and the the hurt and you know the teachings that we, people thought were true and then realize oh they're not you know that I'm so grateful that now we're we're at least we're not teaching some of those things so that our kids have the opportunity to separate that and say right. okay churches over here teachings leaders you know and and god and yeah. and that yeah. they my son has stepped away uh to protect his mental health i still yeah. remember the day he was still in high school he was not out publicly yet so i couldn't you know tell the seminary teacher like you're being so homophobic and you're wounding my son like mm. we we couldn't explain those things to him right. but um and here I had been a seminary teacher, you know, early morning seminary teacher. So I, I understood how tender these lessons could be that yeah. anyway. And so I remember the day that my son said, mom, please let me stop going to seminary and church. They are making me want to kill myself. Mm. And I went, oh, I didn't realize how how yeah. intense that I just didn't know. I didn't know how bad it was. I didn't know how wounding it was. And he said, they're, they're not only hurting my relationship with the church, they're hurting my relationship with God and mm -hmm. with myself. And like, 
like just making him loathe and hate himself. And I thought, oh my gosh. And that was the moment I realized mental health has to be top priority. Of course, I'd rather have an alive son who stepped away from church than a dead son, of course, right? And and that is what so many parents come to on this path is- How did you get over the feeling of fear in that moment though? Because, you know, lots of parents at the moment, they have this fear of their child stepping away and what's going to happen. So how did you process that fear and show up with like, yes, that's fine? Um, it's hard to remember the specifics, but I, I just, I do remember feeling- that choice in the moment. Would I rather push my son into something that could cause him to die by suicide? Or would I rather honor his agency and what he is knowing to be best for him at this time so he can stay alive and have, and find some healing. And, and to me, that choice seemed pretty clear, Uh, but I, but I get the fear. I, I mean, I get it. I've been there. I have felt all those feelings and, and, you know, I, I feel extra blessed. Uh, and maybe Jenny, you do too, because as a coach, we have tools we can use on ourselves, not just right. with our clients. Yeah. So I, I use the tools a lot through right. this journey. I, 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 otherwise I'd be a hot mess a lot more than I am. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I can say because like, no, yeah, your immediate reaction is clear. Yeah, like you have so much self-awareness and what's going on with our brains and all our feelings. And yeah, because most parents at that point is it puts them in panic of um like they did something wrong and that they're so fearful for their child's faith journey. And you like had great awareness in that moment of like he will have no faith journey if he can't meant have a good mental health. Because you have to have good mental health to have a good faith journey. And, and you they have to do be alive. Yeah, yeah, you have to be alive. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So So how did you reconcile though? Because like you said, you were very orthodox in your beliefs. He came out as gay. Like how did that, what was that journey like for you? Well, uh, soon after he came out, which was the end of his junior year in high school, um, he went on a trip to Brazil for three weeks. And when he came back, he said, mom, you're different. And I said, I know I've been binge listening to podcasts. That's why I'm so different. And I know that we know this. It's the stories, right, friends? It is Mm -hmm. the stories. They change our hearts. They expand our minds. They open us up to new thinking, new new seeing, new feelings, uh, new beliefs. And and they help us question old assumptions and false beliefs that we used to hold so tightly. And and at the time, it was Richard Osler that I think that was the only podcast I knew of at the time. There's so many now, right? But I think the only one I knew was Richard Osler. And I remember listening to Matt Seacrest and my, or excuse me, Michael Seacrest and Matt Easton and Charlie Bird. And I mean, just, I remember feeling just excited expanded from Mm. this experience of like, I I probably got a lot of projects done that week. I, you know, I work from home and sometimes I, I'm more at my desk and sometimes I'm organizing my basement. And so, you know, that's happens when I'm like wanting to listen more as I find another project to do. And I just think listening to the stories cannot be overemphasized how powerful and important that is because that is where true empathy lies. We talk about the baptismal covenants that we made, right. Mm. Of mourning with those who mourn, comforting those in need of comfort and listening and bearing one another's burdens. And we cannot do that without seeing their pain. And I just listened to your latest episode about that this morning. We have to let ourselves feel the discomfort to sit with someone in their pain, not try to fix it, not try to placate it, to comfort ourselves and say, oh, it'll be fine because this, that, and the other. 
to actually validate and empathize and say, wow, this is really tough. I, I just am sitting with you here and tell me more. And what's this been like for you? And how can I support you? And I just love you. And I've never been asked to make these choices. I'm so sorry, you know, just to sit with them in that pain and let them feel heard and safe and understood. Uh, that has changed my heart. Mm, I love that. You know, it strikes me as you're saying that um, people always say, oh, why did LGBTQ people have to come out and, and, and why is it important just to sit with people in their pain? But there's something like so incredibly spiritually cathartic about having something that's been hurting in come out. And to have people listen and and validate it and honor it. Yeah. And just, and, and, and love you through it. But just, I, I, I often think of like the pain, you know, I think the body stores pain mm-hmm. and to be able yes. to express it and to get it out, clears it out of your body. Yes, mm-hmm. for sure. I agree with you hundred yeah. percent. And it, it, it dulls your body. It, you know, if, if any, for people who have had depression before, it dulls everything about your body and your mind and your reactions. And <clears throat> you can see that how something is so critically important part of you. Um, would dull, like would, would affect you having it, having to keep it inside and the pain and the hurting and all of that. So to be able to share it with one another really is lightening your burden. Absolutely. And and it can impact our physical health. I I've worked with, you know, multiple clients, some, some LGBTQ and, and that they've, they discover, wow, once I came out and started processing this and releasing the, the emotions and pain of it and and working through my physical health dramatically changed. And, and it, there, there is a cultural, uh, a cultural belief that we should stuff our emotions. It's yeah. not healthy, but that's what I was raised with, especially anger. We're told never to feel angry. Uh, but, but, you know, Christ did, he turned some tables in the temple and, mm-hmm. and that when we can find healthy ways to express emotion and process through it, then we don't volcano it in some way, you know, when, it, when there's a glass of spilled milk in the kitchen, or we don't, stuff it in our body and create long-term illness or there's so many long-term ramifications that happen when we stuff our emotions rather than actually dealing with them well, and coming out is a big way of doing that and 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 being authentic exactly well and that brings us to one of the reasons other than we just love talking to you but we asked you here because one of the ways that you teach to find and name and understand and release the emotions and the experiences that we have is through journaling right yes yes Mm -hmm. I am a big journaler in the way that I write a few notes in a planner Mm -hmm. remind me what happened Um, and but I'm not good at the expansive journaling so I'm really excited for this I've used this tool Becky's for a while now I think I think you had a video or something about it years ago. And um, I think when I was a seminary teacher and I loved how the Holy Ghost taught me in the journaling. So yeah, so this tool, I highly recommend everybody use. It's It will bring you closer to Christ. Oh, thank you, Jenny. That's so kind. So I actually have two kinds of journaling that I want to share with your audience. Um, 
so one of them is called heaven journaling and i'm going to give kind of a, the gist of what heaven journaling is about and i'll share a few little stories about it and invite your audience to practice it uh you know that's how we get better at something right is practice i also will give um that if you're on facebook there is a free facebook uh there's just a little tutorial video in a group that you anybody's welcome to join it's called it's a long name, 30 day challenge of heaven journaling. <laughs> okay. And we're linked that in the show notes. Perfect. 30 day challenge of heaven journaling. And that, um, is just an easy way to get a little, a little more detail. But so the idea is, um, and, and I'm, I want to especially emphasize this in our space of being families of LGBTQ people, uh, that personal revelation, I will speak for myself anyway, has become it's always been a high priority, but it's become even higher <laughs> in this space uh, to understand, like, there's not a manual. There, we, there's not a Release Society lesson that taught me how, what to do when your son comes out as gay, when it blindsided you and you had no idea. Like, there's nothing prepared me for that. <laughs> or no, there's no family home even lesson in the manual. No, nope. <laughs> there's, there's just not. And so, which in a way is kind of cool because we get to go straight to the source of truth, mm -hmm. which is our heavenly parents and our savior and the Holy Ghost. And, and personal revelation. In fact, Elder Scott said something about that with, you know, for so many generations, their lives were about the same as each other, farming and mm -hmm. horses and, you know, living off the land. And so you could go to, you could be a parent and go to your, your aunts and uncles and parents and say, okay, I'm having a problem with my child about this, that, and the other, what did you do? And the advice would be sound because they were, their lives are about the same. That's not the case anymore. And, and elder Scott was saying, that's actually cool because now we get to go straight to the source. And that's how I feel about this space in, with LGBT families is we get to go straight to the source. And, you know, I've, I've done a bunch of pride posts in the month of June where the very last one was so long that it was two different posts, po type uh, one and two. And it was about how, which teachings have changed over time with, uh, mm -hmm. in terms of LGBT teachings in our church. And when, when I have studied that over these past years, I thought, wow, they are all over the map. These teachings have been all over the map. And, and, you know, certain leaders still seem to feel a certain way and other leaders still seem to feel pretty opposite of that. And so when I see how much the teachings have changed, it, again, it just brings me back to the, the importance of personal relation. So, so this concept that I am going to teach you, I call it heaven journaling. And I actually learned the basics of it from our state president when we were at married student housing at BYU. Why oh, not Harris? <laughs> <laughs> the, the cinder block version of those apartments that <laughs> loved living there. We had people from all over the world in our ward. It was such a fun ward. And he really felt that this was the, that he, he felt so strongly, he and his presence, he felt so strongly about this idea of using personal scripture study as a means to finding answers to your personal questions. I'm going to say prayer and scriptures as a means to finding answers, whether it be family, business, education, health, all the things we have questions about in our lives that he focused on that every time he talked to us state conferences, work conferences, firesides. It was always the theme, but wow. the stories kept changing. And so it was interesting every time. And right. I'm so grateful to that wonderful state president that be, and I, I wonder how many of us are still using the basics of what we learned there. 
So I call it a heaven journaling sandwich. And I start with a prayer and ask a question. And, and so I just do that. You know, we all want to be spending a little time in prayer and scriptures anyway, most of us do anyway. And so this to me just brings it to life. It doesn't mean you have to spend a lot more time. Sometimes it's less time, but, but it just focuses the intention so that you're focused on getting answers to your personal questions, which makes it way more fun to me. <laughs> so I bring, I, I, I say a, my question to my prayer and I also pull my journal out and I write the question down sometimes in the middle of my prayer. If I, if the prayer, if the question comes, you know, we, we sometimes think I have to have my eyes closed and my <laughs> arms folded and my head bowed when I say a prayer, but you know, that's what we teach our three and four-year-olds. So they won't poke each other in the eye during the prayer. Right. But we're adults now and we can use the Alma version of you can pray in your field. You can pray in the car. You can pray, you know, we are, we can use expansive prayer. We can just be talking with God in ways that work for our lives, which is beautiful. So I will often pray with my pen in hand and my heaven journal open in front of me. Uh, and I'll write down my question and write, I write a Q with my question and then I write an A and I leave it blank. And, and to me, that indicates I am listening. I am watching. I'm ready for an answer. And I learned from sister Wendy Watson Nelson, who is president Nelson's wife, that she encouraged us to pray for, and even picture the Holy ghost being right next to us, guiding us to find answers. Mm-hmm. And I Beautiful. love that. Yeah, yeah. I have done that multiple times. I've had some cool experiences with that. Uh, I will often pray for and visualize him next to me as I'm writing a post or, you know, getting ready to give a coaching session or um, a podcast, whatever it is. I love to picture the Holy Ghost whispering, guiding, helping me find answers and helping me say what the Lord would have me say. So that's step one is pray and ask your your question. In your prayer, when you started, you personified the spirit so well as you were speaking, as you were praying, I love that because, um, I don't, we kind of have that as an after we have the Holy ghost, the Holy spirit as an afterthought, you know, and I loved how you separated that. And you can see that like, that's the spirits become a real person to you. Oh, thank you. you. I really like that. Thank you. Yeah. And, and I love, it, it might sound creepy. And if it sounds creepy to some people, if they, maybe they've been, you know, traumatized by, by males or something, maybe they could picture only mother or, or an angel, you know, someone who feels safe, that's still going to be on God's team. Yeah. A spirit. Yeah. That whatever feels safe. And to me, the Holy ghost totally does feel safe. So I feel great with that. Um, but I'm sure that if, if there's been trauma there, you, whatever works for you, I'm a hundred percent sure God is good with that. Uh, cause they're all on the same team, right? They're all on team God. (laughs) And then the second step is to open your scriptures anywhere and, and see if you can find an answer. Now, do I find an answer every single day to my question? Nope, but I often do. I often do. And I, um, I have found that, uh, there are three ways when I think of opening my scriptures anywhere, there's randomly just like, Oh, I'm, I asked my question. I'm just going to, you know, hope that I'm going to pray that I'll, I'll open to a page that has a, a, either a piece of the puzzle or the whole answer, wherever I open, right. There's randomly there's chronologically. So, you know, many of us are studying come follow me. So we're in DNC 76 and it's a really long chapter. So, or section, so it might take a few days to get through it. Right. So 
that would be chronologically wherever you were yesterday you open to there and keep going and then the last one is where you feel inspired so I'm, I want to share a few stories to um kind of show what that might look like. So for the inspired way, uh, I remember one day being on my phone scripture app. I, I love, I actually prefer my paper scriptures because I'm a writing kind of person. Right. Um, and I have my color pencils and all that. <laughs> make but, it pretty. <laughs> yeah, make it pretty, colorful. Uh, but I, one day was just on my phone and I asked my question and then I went, I opened up my little app that had the books of scripture, Old Testament, New Testament, Book of Mormon, et cetera. And I, I just I kind of just sensed, where do I feel to go? Where am I feeling the spirit leading me to go? And I felt just sort of a leaning to the New Testament. So I clicked on that. And then I looked at the books and I felt a leaning to the book of Matthew. Click on that. Looked at the numbers of chapters. And I felt like it was in, an answer might be in five or six, chapter five or six. And I wasn't sure. So I went, I read through five, got a little into six and went, boom, there's my answer. And so, so that was an, an example of inspired. Some people feel inspired to go to their patriarchal blessing or a conference talk or a devotional or a podcast or the hymn book. Uh, one of my dearest friends, uh, she and I have done a couple of uh, retreats together. And the first time when she was deci deciding, um, she actually hosted one of them at her home as a, just a one day retreat. And she was heaven journaling. Is this something you want me to do? Cause it's a big, a big sacrifice to send your kids and husband somewhere else for the day. And, and she found her answer in the hymn book, which was really cool because she and her whole family are extremely musical. So that made sense, right? That's one of yeah. her languages. Um, uh, an example of random, uh, I was giving a fireside, uh, few summers ago about heaven journaling and it was going to be to youth and their parents and their leaders. And so I was at the church between meetings. I was going to meet with somebody, you know, out on the grass. So I just, I, I was just waiting for them and I thought, Oh, I have a couple of minutes. I can heaven journal. So I just said a prayer. What's the, what would you have me tell the kids tonight at this, you know, the, the uh, fireside tonight, what's the, what's a message that you really want me to emphasize. And I randomly opened to Alma 56, 56. That's the chapter where um, Helaman is reporting to Captain Moroni how the battle went with the stripling warriors. And he's saying, um, to my great joy, there had not one soul of them fallen to the earth. And I don't even think I, I made it through the whole verse without feeling this witness of what that meant to me, what God was telling me in that verse, which was, I don't want to lose one soul that you're going to speak to tonight. Please teach them to talk to me and listen to me. Please teach them to connect with me so they could hang on to me. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I was like, that took what, 30 seconds, you know, so it doesn't have to be long. Uh, but the randomness can be pretty fun. Actually, <laughs> when I teach teenagers that that's usually what they choose. Cause it just sounds so fun. And it is, I've had some really beautiful stories that they have shared, uh, of, of super sweet spiritual experiences of them hearing God speak to them, feeling that Holy ghost bearing witness. This is God's message to you personally. And it, and it has changed some lives, which has been really sweet. Uh, changed many lives, actually. I, I say some, but it, it, I can't count how, you know, the people that, that have given me feedback. So, so the first step is to pray and ask a question. The second step is to open your scriptures anywhere, uh, and, and see if you can find an answer. And then the third step is to write. And sometimes I don't have time to write. I didn't in that instance out when I was out on the grass at the church, I just found the answer and held it in my heart. And I've, remember that ever since, but it is 
ideal if I can jot down the answer. And so how it looks for me is after my Q and A, with the A line, I will just write where I found an answer. So maybe it was like Matthew 6, verse 7, or 7 through 10, or whatever. And I just jot down sometimes the words themselves. It, sometimes I'll quote it. Sometimes I'll put it in my own words. It doesn't, there's not like a right or wrong way to do this. The, the, the point is we are practicing communicating in a two-way conversation with God. And that is, oh, I love that. Yeah. So, You're learning the language, right? Learning the language. Yeah. We're just, and it's practice. And so to, I just encourage everyone, don't get caught up in perfectionism and that there has to be one right way. Let the spirit guide you and let, let yourself just practice and try it out uh, in different ways. So, um, so, so, so that's, that would be, that's great when I can just write down the little gist. Now, if I have a little bit more time, it's even better if I can write a little bit more about my thoughts and feelings about what I just received, right? So mm -hmm. it's one thing to re to write down what I received, like, um, you know, Alma 56, 56, uh, God doesn't want to lose one of these children. And then I might write, okay, this is why personal revelation is so important to me because I know it has, it, it has kept me centered spiritually my, for so many years, for decades. I am so excited to give this gift uh, of this little tool, this heaven journaling tool uh, to these to these youth and their parents and their leaders. And, you know, am I kind of just, whatever, whatever my thoughts and feelings are, maybe it reminds me of a quote. Maybe it reminds me of some other scripture. Maybe I go somewhere else, but to let the spirit guide as I do a little bit of writing, boy, often more personal revelation or just insight will come in, in that extra little bit of writing. Uh, and if I have time, sometimes it's pages and it's so yummy and delicious. Uh, I remember one of my elder Scott has actually been one of my main mentors with personal revelation. And I, I just can hardly wait to see him on the other side. I'm going to hunt him <laughs> down and give him the biggest hug and say, I never met you in person. Oh, I thank you. At your funeral, yes. <laughs> but thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because you have impacted how I pray, how I seek and receive personal revelation, how I journal, how open I am to receive out of the box ideas. Like he has impacted me tremendously. And I never met him in person. I saw this this morning and it was on why the why religion podcast with brother Anthony Sweat, who I just think so much of. And the the podcast in the comments of, they're just announcing their podcast about um, study Bibles and it's mm -hmm. episode 35. But the interesting thing was that it says scriptures are a revelatory tool. And I, I, I think that's what we're talking about. Like I used to read the scriptures, what happened here? What happened there? Nephi did this, Nephi did that. And it was so nothing to me. It meant nothing. I understood none of it. And then all of a sudden I started seeing my family in it. Mm. Oh, like Nephi, I'm learning this as a family. And, and recently as I read, I'm like, I get these, um, like stories for LGBTQ families that come to me. And it's like, this is for LGBTQ families. And yeah. I had a, a good friend who is, um, used to be in one of the women's general women's organizations. And she told me that the same thing started happening to her recently. And I just love that they are revelatory tools. Being in the scriptures, you're not necessarily just learning about what happened in the history. It's not a history lesson. No, totally. Yeah. No, it's a, it's yeah. like a key to open up your mind. Yeah. yeah. 
Absolutely. I, I have lots of quotes that I, when I give firesides on this, that I'll, that I'll share, but one of them is the scriptures are not the ultimate source of knowledge, but what precedes the ultimate source, the ultimate source comes by revelation. Scriptures can be a Urim and Thummim to assist each of us to receive personal revelation. Yeah. And that sometimes open that conduit. Yeah. And sometimes it, what you're thinking has nothing to do with what you're reading. Not yeah. even close. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we've got step one, pray and ask. So when I when I teach this, I use a sandwich uh, mm-hmm. visual yep. <laughs> with the bread on the top and the bottom. So pray and ask. And then the two filling layers are uh, open your scriptures anywhere. And then, you know, scriptures. And then the next one is writing. And then the very last one is, is to thank. And I will be honest, I love to thank in my prayer. But by the time I'm re- done receiving revelation, I, I'm not the best it hasn't been the best habit for me to actually say, Oh my gosh, thank you for that answer. But I want to get better at that. And, and so I love the idea of it being sandwiched with prayer, pray and ask, pray and think. And then in between open your scriptures and do a little writing. And I, I just, well, I actually want to share a little quote by president Nelson. Does God really want to speak to you? Yes. With an exclamation point. Our father knows that when we are surrounded by uncertainty and fear, what will help us the very most is to hear his son. And I know that this community of LGBTQ parents, there's a lot of uncertainty and fear. And what will help us so much is to learn personal revelation and and to understand that we have the opportunity and we are being invited over and over especially by president nelson maybe maybe more than any other prophet i remember yeah i agree keep seeking your own answers hear him uh i'll read a couple more from him um I urge you to stretch beyond your current spiritual ability to receive personal revelation. I plead with you to increase your spiritual capacity to receive revelation. Choose to do the spiritual work required. Um, Let's see. It will not be in coming days. It will not be possible to survive spiritually without the guiding, directing, comforting, and constant influence of the Holy Ghost. When I first started teaching that, um, that quote, I didn't, necessary I, I applied it to more like oh it's the last days we have a lot of hard things coming and I still believe that and so we need personal revelation to guide us through the hard things but I I now see it really personally to us as LGBT parents that I personally don't know if I could have survived spiritually the last few years in this journey without keeping going back to receive personal revelation um and and receive that witness that of, of God's will, our heavenly parents will for me, for my son, that we, you know, that, anyway, it, it has been beyond priceless to me. In this, and it's, in this and it's ongoing because this is a layered, yeah. this is not a one-time event, right? Um, mm-hmm. Finding the space for your child in the gospel as a LGBTQ parent. So this is ongoing. This is not something that you're going to get one answer. You need constant answer, constant flow. It's like a w- running water you need with Heavenly yeah. Father. And um, like, so the, the, the more you do this, like I could testify to this, the more I've done this, the better I'm at, the better I know and get taught. Like, so Becky, how did this like change? Cause you taught this tool before your son came out. Like, how did this help you through that process? Yeah. Well, let me, let me finish something else and then I'll come back to your question. I I just want to be sure to, to express, this is not the only way to receive personal revelation. Mm -hmm. 
I, I don't want anybody to think that, that that's never a tool. That's right. It's just a tool. It's just a tool. And, and, you know, some people have the gift of dreams or visions, or I have a friend who's an artist. She, she designs, um, uh, custom jewelry and mm. her personal revelation comes to her in a picture. She gets out of her mar- box of markers, draws the picture. And as she's drawing it, the message comes to her. I think that's just so amazing. Yes. Like I said, my musical (laughs) friend often inspiration comes through music. So, so I just want to, I want us to stay really expansive and open that personal revelation can come in all kinds of ways. And I will also say that if you don't, if you feel less than, because maybe you don't have the gift of dreams, I don't either. I maybe have had one revelatory, maybe two revelatory dreams in my life. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I've okay. never had one. Never. Yeah. That's and, one of my gifts, but I'm not the journal. Like, I'm okay. not a picture person. <laughs> yeah. And, and so it's not, it, we're not here to compare ourselves. We're right, here right. to just be expansive and open to how God wants to speak to us personally. And, mm-hmm. and I will say, in my experience with coaching many, many people in this space, the most common is just those subtle thoughts and feelings, those subtle impressions that's the most common. Yeah. And, and, and I would say most of the time accompanied by peace, uh, in the scriptures, we're taught that peace that Christ can give that, that not as the world gives, but that only comes from Christ. Occasionally that doesn't, that, that doesn't line up because I have had, you know, sometimes I get a prompting to create a new program or a new class. And I'm like, ah! and I'm not feeling peace. I'm feeling fear. Because that's what we, that's what we feel when we're up against a wall of something hard. We feel fear and and doubt, self-doubt. And I don't know how to do this. And I don't think I can. So, so occasionally that peace measuring stick doesn't apply, but I would say most of the time, almost all the time we can watch for peace. And that is a really good indicator that is from God. Um, I have an, I have an anxious feeling that comes over me when I know I'm not supposed to go that direction. Ah, so, so a warning to not go a certain way an uncomfortable feeling like yeah I can't I can't go you know it's just like I'm and I'm not a terribly anxious person so that is a that's a big flag for me it's like okay pay attention yeah I love that and and you know Sherry Dew once talked about an experience she had where she'd asked for a priesthood blessing saying I have been praying for an answer for so long and I can't get one and the person who was ready to give the blessing said well have you thought to ask to be tutored in how the Holy Ghost talks to you and she's like Never thought of that, but I'll start now. Yeah. And and so the what a great thing that we can ask. I ask for tutoring about a lot of topics. And oh my goodness. I it and for me when I ask, can you tutor me about this topic? Yeah. I, it never comes all as a big download. It it no. and I'm actually glad for that. So yeah, it's awesome. breadcrumbs. I always say he he teaches yeah. us in breadcrumbs. Right? At least for me, it has yeah. been in, in the areas that I've been wanting to be tutored in. And so boy, ask to be tutored. Heavenly Father, what is your message for me? Tutor me about my how you want me to love and treat my LGBT child. Tutor me about how to keep, you know have a healthy relationship with the gospel. Tutor me about how to handle when uh, someone says something really harmful in church or whatever it is. Another one that's been really valuable in my life, and I use it all the time, is like, and a friend brought it up. Do you know how this how Satan um, acts on you or messes with you. Mm, like, yeah. You know, when you are being influenced, like when there's darkness in your life and it's a really simple formula that I've learned. Like there's, there's two, there's two ways he gets me and he keeps trying. 
So yeah, he's, he's not a giver upper. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and then the other thing I wanted to just share as I close up that little piece is um, I have found that if I pause between asking my question and opening my scriptures, often I'll, not every day, but often I will receive at least a piece of an answer while I'm still there, you know, listening. But mm-hmm. that pause is important and to and to do my best to calm my mind and just, I'll sometimes say, do any of you have a message for me now before I open my scriptures? And I'll just kind of be quiet for a little bit. Oh, okay. And then I'll pull out my pen and start jotting down. If I, you know, if I'm receiving uh, some ideas and sometimes I'll go to the scriptures and receive some more. Sometimes I'll, I'll do having journaling three different verse, you know, three different random tries all in one sitting. Like there's not a right or wrong. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, Jenny, I apologize. I forgot your question. Did you forget? Said, you knew this tool before your son came out. How did it help you in your journey of oh. um, getting through the pain and all of the things that you go through as a mom, LDS mom of LGBTQ child? Yeah. Um, I would say just, just kind of back to what I said before that I, I did not know how much the teachings had changed until I did a deep dive into the study. Um, and honestly, that's been painful. I don't yeah. know if either of you have, have looked through <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, because because I kind of had blind faith before, like um, this is what it said, and just follow it, and be kind of like these are my marching orders, and um, I like this, like it, it, that paint when you're when you have I call it um, belief ceilings when you run against the belief ceiling, it's painful to think a new thought, and so that is a process for sure. Yeah, and it does cause cognitive dissonance. It yeah. does to yeah. to challenge old beliefs is just painful. It just it, yeah. But anyway, so yeah, to keep going back for more answers, for more personal revelation. And I do want to um, acknowledge that when you're in emotional pain, a side effect of that tends to be it's harder to receive answers. And mm-hmm. I, I want to help give us permission to unshame ourselves about that. It doesn't mean we're bad. It doesn't mean we're evil. It doesn't mean we're sinners. It's just a side effect. In fact, um, I have a quote by Elder Scott um, who talks about how strong emotions like anger, hate, passion, fear, pride, when those really intense emotions are happening, it's hard to feel the influence of the Holy Ghost. That it's like trying to savor a delicate flavor of a grape while eating a jalapeno pepper at the same time. Like it's Mm, just- Good analogy. Yeah. And so I want to share the other type of journaling, and I'll do this one more quickly, that I really um, have found helpful as a coach. And, you know, I, as a coach, I teach more- tools than I could possibly count. I, I really believe in, I, I'm an intuitive coach. I try to follow, I do my best to follow the spirit. So I love having a big menu and I have a lot of, a big menu of emotion release tools, but this is just mm-hmm. one. And it is super simple. You grab a notebook or a scrap of paper. I would not do this in a journal because you're actually going to tear it out and destroy the paper. So don't use your pretty journal that you want to stay pretty. <laughs> use something else. So I'll just pull out. I, I used my yellow notebook this morning that I've had a big to-do list on. And I wrote out some emotions. I, you know, sometimes when we are being allies in this space, we can get attacked from both sides. And I have, and I know that you both have too. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. I, I still feel called to do this work and, but I need emotion tools to manage emotions so I can get back on the horse and keep writing. Right. And, and so this write and destroy it. Look, I'll, I'll just give you an example. I feel blank because blank, and then let yourself write 
out the emotions, get them out of you onto the paper. And, and sometimes my body is uh, pretty cute to know, to know that it's, you know, the intention is to, to do emotion. it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes I'll get into like sentence number two and I'll start crying. My body knows, oh, oh, here's what we're doing here. Let's get it out as fast as we yeah. can. Yeah. And I'll start taking deep breaths. Like, because I know there are a few things I can do to expedite the process and get the emotions out more efficiently. Mm-hmm. Crying is one deep breathing to let the, imagine the emotions leaving me and visualize the emotions leaving me. Those three things. And even like pulling, imagine pulling them out of my heart. So I guess four things, crying, deep breathing, visualizing, and using my, my hand to imagine pulling them out. Hmm. All those can help with the process. Um, but writing even in and of itself, just with the intention of getting the emotions out of me and onto paper. And I probably wrote for, I don't know, eight minutes or something. I'm not, I'm not sure. It doesn't take a ton of time, but it makes a big difference. And, and then I like to destroy it somehow. I either tear it up and or crunch it in a ball and throw it in the trash. Or sometimes I have taken it to the kitchen sink and burned it, you know, and that little ball is lit a match. Um, sometimes I'll scribble all over it, whatever it is. And when you get rid of something negative, it's really healthy to replace it with something positive. It's like, if you want to upgrade your diet, you don't just stop eating the junk food. You replace it with healthy food, right? Or upgrading your music. You don't just, you know, stop listening to music that swears and X, Y, Z. You want to replace it with good music, right? So emotions, you get out the yucky stuff and then you replace it with something really healthy and positive. So I just wrote down to replace, I wrote down, I know my heavenly parents called me to this work and they're by my side. I am a conduit of their love, life, light, truth, and healing. Mm, And that replaced with lights. Like I let go of dark and I replaced it with light and just let that fill me up. So, so those two, so the heaven journaling is a personal revelation type of journaling and then write and destroy is an, is it, it's a tool to manage emotions. It's a release of negative emotions. Um, and you know, it's kind of like a flower bed. You're, you're going to get weeds all summer long (laughs) that we get to keep pulling out weeds of negative emotion because we're humans and we experience negative emotion because right. it's just life. It's so the human experience, right? Yeah. right? So it's not like I do it once and then never again. I love having these tools to continue to weed my flower garden so I can keep planting the good stuff. Because right. if I let the weeds overtake, there's not room. There's not yeah. much room for good. I love the no. writing destroy. I wish I would have had that this weekend for one of my children who was struggling. I, I'm going to pass that on to them because that's so this child's personality to be to need to write it down and then destroy it. But, Good. you know, even this morning I had somebody sent me something that sort of threw me off. It felt kind of personal. And, um, I, you know, it takes me a while. I'm like, well, I'm going to not this and that. Well, that's fine. I'm going to treat them like that. And then I was like, you know, that calming down, like, uh, that's not who I am. Like, that's not how I want to, I don't want to show up that way. And it is, it's a constant, this whole thing is a constant refinement of yeah refiner's fire yep you know it's a strengthening of I used to be a super flash emotion person I mean that's just my nature is just flash emotions and I just let them fly and I you know you learn you're learning and that's part of the greatness of this 
Yeah. It's like building your emotional muscle. You know, you're getting stronger in all aspects of your life, which makes you more effective to really gathering like this, this whole process to me of being a mom and being an ally has taught me really how to be a better gatherer in these last days. And I think this is a huge reason we're going through this because the Lord has a bigger, he has such a bigger picture for all of this. And these tools that Becky just taught us is going to help you refine you and become a better tool for heavenly father. Cause basically we're all here to do his work. And this is a part of his work. And it all, all of this is like such the great look because we get changed and become more like him in this work, which is so beautiful. So thank you for sharing all that, Becky. It is so helpful. Now, how do people find you? So, um, I am on Instagram and Facebook at purpose driven mentoring. Uh, I also have a blog at purpose driven motherhood and, and then just Becky Edwards, you can follow me there. So awesome. and Allison, ask our favorite question at the end. Okay. What does it mean to you to lift in love? Oh, I love that question. Uh, to me, it means be a conduit of our heavenly parents' love to people who especially need that love. Hmm. Oh, I love these answers. They're all so beautiful. Oh. And, and I love your incorporation, your study of mother in heaven and all of this. Yeah, it's so empowering. I, I have felt heavenly mother's influence a lot as I've worked in this space a lot. Uh, it's been really sweet. I, I'm working to in, become closer to her and learn more about her. That's kind of been a project, uh, a personal project. But but to feel her influence with me as I'm working in this space has been just a, tr- a delicious gift. Mm. Well, and and not like you said, it's not a it's not something that's just going to magically show up. It's a it's a process and a work. Yeah, project. Yeah, all of this is, and and it you know as we said at the beginning, what turns us upside down ends up creating us. Yes. Yes. I want to, can I say one last thing? Of course. So, um, I want to just connect the two tools that I shared today that knowing that, that when we have a lot of intense emotions, which it's normal to have that in this space, especially when you're new, when you're, you're just new and all these unknowns and questions and, ah, it is absolutely normal. So please Take the shame off the best that you can for feeling emotions. It is normal and it's okay. Uh, So knowing that that makes it hard, harder, tends to make it harder to feel the spirit that, that make it, it, it helps understand the importance of having tools to release emotions on a regular basis. So the write and destroy tool can help manage the emotions so you can feel more clear then you can come over and seek personal revelation and you'll be in a better space to be able to hear it, receive it, feel it as however it's going to come to you because you've already done a little bit of work to clear yourself of those heavy emotions. I love that. It's almost like, you know, missions, they have them exercise before they even start um, scripture study because it makes them more aware, awake and more ready for the spirit. And if you do that emotional release before the heaven journaling, that's exactly what it will do. It'll give you a better experience. And it's so good. It softens your heart again. And that's what we need is a soft heart to be able to understand and stay in this, right? Yeah. 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 All right. Thank you so much, Becky. Thank you so much. Bye, everybody. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining our podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the Lift and Love podcast. And if you like what we share, we would be so grateful if you would leave us a five-star rating. For more tips and resources, follow us on Instagram and Facebook under Lift and Love Org. 
and Jenny Hunter Coaching. You can also go to liftandlove.org for loads of information and entry into our free support groups. If you're interested in personal coaching, sign up at jennyhuntercoaching.com. The first appointment is free. But most importantly, remember, you are not alone in this journey. We are building a community of thriving and faithful LGBTQ families who are here to lift and love you.